We're live, motherfucker. Let me get to my cast here. Oh, yeah, no. Welcome to the StoryWorks podcast, everybody. (laughs) Yo, we're back. We're back at it. Episode four. If you've still been listening this far, thanks, guys. We super appreciate you. I am your host, Zach Gosen. I'm Andrew Hall. Lovely to be here. here To bring you some content. We're going to start the show off today. Daddy made you some content. Daddy made you some content. Please watch inside. <laughs> I can't Shout say out. it enough. We're going to do an episode on that sometime soon. Teasing yes. the Bo Burnham episode already? Yes, absolutely. Today we're going to be talking about the Black Phone, which we kind of briefly mentioned in our last episode yeah. as we were discussing the Multiverse of Madness. going to start out doing that, and then we have a... We have a second segment today, which is super cool. We, we're going to have a local Cleveland filmmaker on. New segment. Incoming. Davis, you have to edit that and make it. <laughs> <laughs> Auto-tune it. Yes, please. Yeah, so Jake Cole, Jake Cole is going to be joining us later on in the show. Stick around for that for sure. Super exciting interview. But first, I just kind of want to dive into uh, the black phone a little bit, have a little discussion about it. We went to the theater... I think last week sometime to see it. Yeah, I think it was last Saturday. I mean, it's been advertised for so long. It's one of those things that's been kind of out. It's been popping its head mm-hmm. up. You know? I remember seeing commercials for it back in like December. Right. Um, and it was like being it, back in December. It was supposed to release in like February. Right. And it got pushed back to June. The COVID movies, man. Yeah, man. These were hard times. But yeah, it was so cool to finally get to go see this thing, and what what an awesome experience in the theater. Oh um, yeah, no, it was awesome. I haven't seen a, um, a great kind of horror thriller movie like this in a while, I feel like. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I've never really been like a horror movie guy yeah. myself. Like, I, I'm, I've always been, you know, kind of a pussy about it. Um, but, I feel you. But in like the past <laughs> couple years, I've been kind of, you know, dipping my toes in. Yeah. This was like my first, you know, suspense thriller horror thing that I've seen in theaters, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a, it's a great entry into the genre, kind of. I'm not going to say it's like a full-on horror movie. Cause no, I don't think it is like yeah. a straight-up horror. It's way more like suspense. For sure. Thriller. The horror aspect kind of With comes... some like supernatural elements. Right, right. There's like jump scares, and that's kind of like... The biggest yeah whoa moments but a lot of it is just like you said drawing super intense suspense which they did so phenomenally in this film oh yeah dude it was it was see like some of these moments man are just so tense grip in your seat yeah, man. man um so good such great performances all around i i'm just obsessed with ethan hawk now yeah, um, after the Northmen. After seeing, like, we were gushing about him over the Northmen, and then we see him in this role, which was, wow. Talk yeah. about dynamic range. It's insane, man. <laughs> like I said in, when we when we talked about the Northmen, I didn't even, like, recognize him as Ethan Hawke yeah. in the Northmen. Um, Especially, and more so in this movie now. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, it, it helps that he's, like, you know, got a mask on for yeah. 80% of the film. Right. But, and a face paint, yeah, a very ghoulish yeah. person in general. He's scary. Yeah, and the way that 
he he like fluctuates his voice in this movie. Dude, yeah. I just wow. He's insane. Yeah, I've seen some interviews about him talking about the character um and his take on it because you know, we don't really I'm not not to spoil anything really, but you don't get much of his back. Yeah, you, you know don't get I mean? too much exposition on him other than just he's this insane dude who who kidnaps kids. Right. And it is really cool seeing like him talk about it in an interview and kind of how he drew inspiration and how he kind of formed his character's yeah. backstory. Um just super cool. Fucking love Ethan Hawke. It's it's going to be the big thing that I'm finally going to start watching Moon Knight. Yeah, <laughs> because he's, because I know he's, he's in, in it. Oh yeah, he is in that. I do well. love Oscar Isaac too. So like, I do want to see Isaac that. Oscar Isaac is a king. He's a short king. He's a short, beautiful man. Um, but yes, Ethan Hawke did so good. Um, Mason Thames, th- Thames, Thames, Thames. I think. Cool, Mason Thames. Sorry was, if we butcher your name. We love you. You did fantastic. As I was just, yeah, no, he did great. Yeah, Finny. Finny. Oh my gosh, he he was awesome, man. He really. They, he had a lot of moments to like shine and show. He felt like a like a real kid in the like seventies. For sure, yeah, it was a very believable performance. He wasn't like he was afraid, but he wasn't like it wasn't like that was all he was. Yeah. His character, like he he still fought back and he still you know. Dude, it was like he I felt real. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't seeing it like while we were um, watching it. But kind of after, you kind of realize this is like a coming-of-age story almost. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's really, really cool. And he, he played this thing really well, especially, you know, acting with somebody like Ethan Hawke and, and how menacing he was uh, in this performance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Their dynamic was really cool. Um, Finney's sister in the movie, Madeline McGraw. Oh, she was awesome. Wow. Very, 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 very good actress. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So, is this your? No, this isn't your first experience with Scott Derrickson because he did Doctor Strange. He did Doctor Strange one. Yes. Did you have you seen any of his like horror movies? No, no. Like I said, I've never really been a horror movie guy until like more recently. Me and you are gonna have to hop back. He did uh, like Insidious, right? No, um, Sinister. Sinister. That's what it is. That's what I was just gonna say. I mean, you gotta hop back and watch Sinister, man. Yeah. Um, Ethan Hawke's the main character in Sinister. Okay, okay, actually, great horror film, dude. It was like, I feel like there's always these like dry spots in horror throughout the past few years. Things kind of get saturated. Yeah, they're trying to land and hit marks. Sinister hit a mark for me straight up. Like that was one that was pretty scary for me. I liked it a lot. Pretty powerful. Yeah, most definitely. Well, hell yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out for sure. Um. So the, the look of this movie was great. I love I, period pieces. Yeah, dude. The like the the filters used to kind yeah. of get like the like the warm kind of feeling of the seventies right. as you're you know, these kids are playing in the playing, playing baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Just running through alleys really and stuff. Yeah. And you have that like bright daytime and then all of a sudden it gets dark. Yeah. And it gets blue. I remember sitting in the theater with you, and um, it opens up with this really fun baseball scene where this kid's, you know, he's 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 doing great as a pitcher, and then when it kind of there's just a shift into like the opening credits, and it's just like really scary. Yeah, it's pretty. It's we jarring. Just, like, it we was looked unsettling. at each other slowly and like, damn, like, okay, okay, the movie's okay. starting now. <laughs> <laughs> they start. Um, 
using like really grainy footage to kind of emulate the 70s. Yeah. Um, I, like they're showing like the black balloons that you see in the trailer and stuff. I loved the, that they would do kind of like how like the film reels kind of have like the like the black edges. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really fun. In certain shots, I liked that a lot. Right. The way that, uh, yeah, like the film grain when they would show like the background photos yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Super cool. Dude, this the score for that beginning sequence oh is really what made your heart sink. Yeah. That's really what, I mean, That's I was like, okay, man, here we go. <laughs> We're getting started. It takes a turn and then it doesn't stop. Right, right. Um, so that was awesome. That I mean, the music throughout this whole thing really hikes the suspense up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Keeps you on your toes. For sure. And the uh, cinematography and design, you know, uh, there's parts where we're kind of, we're stuck in a basement for a lot of this movie. But they get really creative with the shots they do. They do. They do. And they, they designed that basement just enough for it to be, like, still, uh, like, visually... Not boring. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, like one thing I noticed right off the bat. Did you remember seeing? There's like that line. There's like a line of like aged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a water leak or something, mm-hmm. or just a crack. Something to just kind of give the room. Did you notice that it, it's his eye level throughout the entire movie? If you see that ah. line, it's literally showing you. I mean, that's the top line when you're composing a shot. That's where yeah, you want the yeah, eyes yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So they used that line as a literal visual reference to it was always right behind his head. See, I didn't even, like, equate that in my head. Yeah, I was like, that's such a small little detail that adds so much without you even really thinking of it too that's much. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they used little divisive things like that to kind of spur it up, and I really enjoyed that. This movie is about one of my biggest fears as a parent. My fiance did not go with us to see it because yeah. it's scary, man. I mean, it's about child kidnappings in a small town in the 70s. You got, you got your serial kidnapper slash killer. Yep. Yep. The Grabber. So that's Ethan Hawke's <sighs> what a, character. What a name for like a villain is so The Grabber. Fucking scary, dude. Um, but Yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie about a boy who's, who's grabbed. <laughs> he's, and, he's grabbed, and he's grabbed, he right. his you know struggle to survive <laughs> as uh, as things around him unfold. Right. This was adapted from a short story that was written by who? Uh, Joe Hill, who's okay. who's also known as uh, Stephen King's son. That's so cool, dude. That's something I didn't realize going into it. I know it was. I knew it was adapted from a, a short. Yeah, but I. I it wasn't until after the movie when I looked it up and saw yeah. that like it was uh, Stephen King's kid. I am itching to read that now. That's uh, that's what I'm doing as soon as this episode's yeah. over. I'm going to read that. Yep. Uh, it's been on my uh, to-do list ever since we saw it. Um, so, yeah, let's just kind of let's dive into it a little bit. Um, just kind of talk about our favorite parts, what worked, yeah. um, what didn't work. Honestly, I think most of it worked. I didn't see any flaws. Yeah, no, I... I, I... I really enjoyed the movie a lot. Yeah. Um, I we, think you can connect a, a lot. Do we want to drop like a spoiler alert or anything Let's like go that? ahead and drop a spoiler. It's time to spoil. So if you don't want to get spoiled, uh, definitely don't just stop listening. Skip ahead. Yeah, so we stick got around a, for the We got the a interview. really cool interview with Jake Cole. Um, we'll have that. We'll have a timestamp somewhere for you to skip to. Yes, um, yes. But otherwise, 
too. God bless, bless you. you. <laughs> but anyways, we're gonna go ahead and uh, get into some spoilers. Um, just one of the scenes that got me uh, when I first watched it was it's right after uh, the first kid after that baseball scene yeah. where the kid who gets the home run uh, gets grabbed and it I think it's is it a dream that his sister has yes where yeah. she gets like his entire like back history of like she dreams of like seeing like baby pictures of yeah. him and him growing up and like riding a tricycle and Shit, first first playing baseball dude that scene was powerful dude very much so it they made you care a lot you know yeah um really all like you don't i don't i think there's like one character that you don't really get one of the victims that you don't really get too much backstory for the one that's like floating yeah yep um but like the bully kid yeah that uh got taken his backstory was pretty sad yeah uh the his best friend who gets taken oh my god yeah dude oh man that that hit really hard just all of the con like really i just i loved all of the scenes where he was uh you know oh yeah we didn't even bring this part up but yeah part of the movie is that he's in this room with a black phone that's the that's the, that's the paranormal like, aspect. Yeah, this is where we get into like the more supernatural stuff. There's a phone in this room, like an old rotary phone, but it's disconnected. Yeah. But then one one night he uh hears it ring and he picks it up and he's talking to the spirits of these other kids that were kidnapped and killed. And you see them like in the state they're in, like after their murder. Yeah. So that's kind of where they bring in the horror aspect. Yeah, you get to see there's one kid who has like part of his face is all bloody. There's another kid who is like convulsing in the air. Oh my god, that was fucked. Yeah. Um that stuff was pretty spooky, but uh their stories are just also tragic. They are, and it's it's really cool how our main character Finn is he he's like a smart, quiet kid. Yeah. And throughout this whole thing, you know, he's really using his wits and, and you see his inner gears working about how the fuck can I get out of this room? Yeah. And these he's these, playing a game with the grabber. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's well, what the grabber I, I mean, does. With and they talk about it. They say it, you know, because the grabber leaves the door open one night. Yeah. And he's on the phone with one of the spirits and they're like, you have to go up. Otherwise, like you have to play. Otherwise, the grabber doesn't get to win. Yeah. And. It, it like it turns into this whole like game of cat and mouse kind of yeah um but it's also almost like an escape room of sorts for sure like dude. that like i was talking to my my boss about it the other day yeah because he went and saw it right and he was like i liked the movie up until the point i realized that it was just a real life escape room and i was I like, that, that I was like that's it. like a really good part of the movie i thought i liked that imagine being a kid and your consequence is death dude yeah man it's scary but like the he's getting you know help from all these spirits on the other side they're yeah. like oh yeah from their past experience when i was here i pulled this like cord out from the wall yeah. you can use it as a rope to like climb up to the window right oh he used my bike lock yeah. to lock the door i i remember the numbers for the combination but not Dude, the sequence. talk about suspense when he's trying the different combinations on that lock. And the fucking 
Oh my god, he's just sitting there sleeping. Yeah. Dude. And he gets it open and the dog just loses it. Dude, that was fucked. That was insane. Uh all all the the while his sister is She's like a medium of yeah. sorts. It, she's a it medium. Seems like. Because she's getting visions from the kids as well. She's getting dreams of the house. Yeah, she sees the house. And yeah. She knows things about, like, the balloons. Yeah. Which is, like, not a thing that the police have, like, let known to the public. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of gets her working with the cops. And there's this whole, there's this, like, two-story thing going on. Is she going to get there in time to save him? Or yeah, is he going to yeah. get there, get out on his own? And it's also, I mean, she starts working out with these, with the cops. Cause I mean, the cops have no choice, but to like believe her. She's the she only knows one. These things. Yeah. But at first it, it uh, results in some pretty harsh beatings. Yeah. There's a really heavy story here, man. And, and I wanted to mention this. Scott Derrickson stepped away from the multiverse of madness and what some headlines said to be, um, different opinions from from the studio or whatever. But yeah, creative. Differences. He actually uh, talked a little bit about making the black foam and kind of pulling from his past. I think with with his father and and some of the stuff really? that happened. Um, and there, I mean, their father in this film is abusive. He's he, a drunk. He's a drunk. He's a single father. You can tell he's a broken man. Yeah, and alcohol was his only outlet. He takes it out on his kids. Yeah, the belt beatings, man. I oh mean, my god, that like scene said, is so brutal, man. Right, she's talking about what? Well, well, it's when the f- police first find out she talked about the balloon, and the police showed up at her father's work. Yeah, what happened. And he's like, "Why did they show up? You need to tell them how what you know. How how do you know about it? Yeah, and it's then not your dreams. Right, your dreams don't mean anything. Beats her." And then afterwards, and you watch the 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 main characters just. I mean, he has to just watch. Yeah, he tries to say stop, but then his dad's like, you know, you know, you're if, next. if you if you fucking open your mouth one more time, then this belt's coming to you. So it seems twice like, as hard. Right, right. It seems like there's a pretty personal connection mm-hmm. between the you know the director kind of maybe being a little cathartic with this story. So yeah. that's really cool. And I loved that uh, they like find solace in each other. Right. Like the the brother and sister duo. Yeah. Like, you know, there's the scene where she gets beat and after she gets beat, she comes over to him and they sit down to watch TV together uh, and he just like wraps the blanket around her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We get a lot of sweet tender moments from them. And then that all culminates in at the end of the movie when they're, when they, they find him and he's rescued, their dad shows up and just like falls to his knees and like begs for forgiveness right and they like don't Don't say anything yeah they just kind of hug each other yeah which was a really powerful you know it's because it's like you don't have to forgive your abusers exactly and i think that was um really cool of him to put that in there yeah um it just really showed the bond between brother and sister and you know they kind of got through their own personal hell with their dad together as well you know absolutely so that's Really powerful storytelling. Um, throughout this whole thing, the mix of paranormal, and you know, the paranormal aspect is what really was the draw in for this movie. Yeah. Um, it worked so well. I want to say that the the masks they used for Ethan Hawke's character. Oh my God, they were scary. And the mysteries about his character. If there were one thing that I would have loved to get out of this film, a little bit more of him, a little bit more of Ethan Hawke, but I also see that the director didn't. I, 
he did that for a reason. He didn't want to explore that past, yeah. so I respect that decision. You can't, I mean, he has a brother. You can, and Ethan Hawke did good about, they did sprinkle in just a little bit about maybe what happened. And yes, his brother is a fantastic character. <laughs> He's got a brother upstairs, like... This part was almost kind of not believable yeah. a, a little bit because he's got his brother living with him upstairs who's trying to figure out what's going on. He literally has like a conspiracy theory like cork board. And he's a fucking cokehead. He's all coked up trying to like figure oh my this God, shit yeah. out. Yeah, they the cops show up and knock on he's the door his, oh, yeah. and he, he lets him in and is like, oh yeah, you guys are here to work with me, right? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I he's got, like, I got, I'm on the case. I'm on the case. I've already been doing all this research. Look at this. Look at this. And he shows it to him and they're all like, Okay. Okay. And then they look at the table and they're like, uh, you might want to clean up a little bit. Yep. And then they leave. Cokes out on the table. <laughs> and then yeah. he, he closes the door, looks at the table and he's like, oh, God damn it. Right. And then he does the line. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. I got to clean it up. And he just does it. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, and then you can find out later that that is the house. And yeah. then it is the house. Yeah. The, the cops were there and Finn, poor little Finn, he's just in the fucking basement at that point. So crazy, man. So, just so crazy. So Ethan Hawke did so good. Um, I His character was really interesting. Um, the way he would flip from such a sincere voice almost to, you know, now he's got the frowning mask on. And he's, yeah. And there's obviously um, seeds planted of his childhood trauma in there. Yeah. I, he I, talks about being in the room himself just yeah. briefly. Yeah, but he, he mentioned he. Yeah, I mean, he says, you know, the phone doesn't work. It hasn't worked since I was in there. Since I've been in the room. Yeah. So the childhood trauma, big theme in this movie, big theme. Um, I don't think I have much else to say. I, I, I out of ten, I'd give it, I'd give it an eight, eight point five. I was gonna say, yeah, I, I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a pretty strong eight on that. Yeah, it. Really enjoyable, and it's not too scary. You know, if you're somebody no, who's like trying to ease into like you're not sure about like horror movies or whatever. I'd say there was like one jump scare that didn't scare me, but it definitely it made me you. like whoa. And <laughs> yeah. it was the when they're when it's it's nighttime and he's on the phone with the floating chick. Yes. and they haven't shown shown him yet. Yeah, and then the camera just turns and they're in the corner just convulsing. Oh my god! Yeah, that shit was nuts, dude. But yeah, I mean, very, very good movie. Very, very good watch. Very yes. uh, powerful. Oh, yeah. Uh, very strong story. Very sad story. Right. Uh, we do love to see Finney get out of it with a smile, though. He, you gets, know, out, he gets out, yes. He's he, got he learns how confidence. to fight from his, from his friend who got taken. Right. Yep. And he builds a whole ass trap to get out. Yeah. Oh, man, that was dope. The way, dude, when he, when Ethan Hawke walks over the rug and falls into the hole. Yeah. And like breaks his foot. That was me when I, that like, when I saw his ankle <laughs> twist falling into that pit, I felt that. Oh, God. That's exactly what happened oh, to my, God. I broke my leg or I dislocated my ankle and, and had a spiral fracture like last August. We're coming up on the one year anniversary. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I felt that shit, man. Such a cool uh, way that he he kind of devised that trap through the whole movie that he's in the basement, though. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. He kind of pieces all that stuff together, which was super cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, fantastic film, great job, Scott Derrickson, oh, fantastic yeah, job, sure. all the cast and crew that worked on Everybody, it. Everybody, yeah, Fucking super awesome. Good film. Um, 
So yeah, definitely go see that while it's still in theaters if you can. If not, definitely catch it when it starts streaming. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, that's all we got for our movie segment. We're going to go ahead and move on to our interview with Jake. New segment. Inbound. All right, let's do it. All right, guys, so we're lucky enough to have a special guest on the podcast with us today, a local filmmaker from Cleveland, Ohio. Jake, how you doing, man? Great, man. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I know you're very busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. Oh, that's all good. I can always carve out some time for this. Absolutely, man. We really do appreciate it. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Anytime. So we really just wanted to have you on here, kind of pick your brain about the filmmaking <laughs> process. Um, yeah. Get a little bit of details about, you know, for people who are really interested in trying to break through into this industry, because it can be daunting, but oh, it can be sure. done, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think, uh, at least as far as uh, that sentiment goes, people will see how daunting it is and they'll just quit immediately. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I struggle with that myself, you know, yeah. getting started, you know, oh, absolutely. right out of college. It's very, uh, like I said, just daunting. Yeah, you know? 100%. 100%. Luckily, though, I had you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You're a great intern. Yes, thank you, sir. You kind of helped me propel myself into that. So Good, man. I'm I mean, I get, that's one of the lessons, you know, yeah. um, having communication, mm -hmm. your contacts, you know, 100%. who you meet. 100%. Excellent networking skills. For 100%. Sure. Yeah, networking is a very, very big part of this. As much as people want to be introvert and, you know, I can have my introvert days, too. Right. But oh, at the end sure. of the day, it's, you know, it's about who you know. You can have that piece of paper you get from college. And I, I got a broadcast degree just in case my shit goes tits up. And sorry. <laughs> there you go. No, no, <laughs> no, you're, swear, no you're good. Now. Yeah, we can we, swear. This is an explicit <laughs> Cool, tight. We're, we're not. Yeah, so if uh, <laughs> my shit goes tits up, I'll be able to get a crappy news drop somewhere and then just be happy with that. I guess. You got to have, I mean, you got to yeah. have a backup plan. You know it's what I'm It's always saying? good to have backups. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So just to start out, man, how did you get your start into filmmaking? And like, how long have you been doing? it now so i got my start into filmmaking um i guess a long time ago when i was like when i was a kid i used to make dumb backyard horror films with my friends oh, and i never beautiful. really thought much about it you know uh the windows movie maker days on windows xp and oh yeah uh, what just, kind of horror movies would you make oh just really really bad ones <laughs> <laughs> just really really bad ones that's the caption uh, for it no, just really bad i i could I never like i could never find those things honestly uh or have you buried them so deep when i've I, i've tried to find them as hard as i could i could never find them i've got those projects too. yeah I totally it's just it. crazy um, but I, I really got started, uh, when I was in college, I did a couple years of a Homeland security degree. And then, uh, I had to do a lot of police ride alongs. And yeah. during that time I was, uh, writing, I was doing a ride along maybe once a week, uh, in Cleveland, yeah. uh, in, uh, Akron, okay. Akron. I was going to okay. the university of Akron at the time. And I, <laughs> we, it was during the very height of like the heroin epidemic. So a lot of the little ride alongs that we'd go on, it's a lot of responses to these kids that are just dead on their couches or in Jeez, alleyways, man. things like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at these cops next to me who are at the age that I am right now currently yeah. just completely just hardened. And I'm like, I really like unfazed. Just like, that's not unfazed. me. Yeah. I know it's, I it just felt so bad because uh. Uh, they, they deal with a lot. Um, but I just couldn't, I just didn't want to do that. I didn't mm -hmm. want to be this guy next to me at right. 28 years old. Uh, hating life, and I was thinking to myself, well, what do I do currently that I like 
doing. And one of the things I was doing at the time was editing for YouTubers. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and back then it was uh, I was editing for a thing called Maker Studio. Who? Yeah. Uh, they at the very beginning were with Markiplier uh, and Jack Septicai. Yeah, wow. they were so, like they were like one of the first big mm -hmm. like uh, like YouTube channel groups or whatever. Yeah, right? for sure. So I was editing with them for a little bit, and I edited some of Jack and uh, Mark's first kind of things when they had like 10, 20,000 subs. That's wow. crazy. Yeah, which was, and I never. What a claim yeah. to fame, yeah. Yeah, right. And it's, <laughs> I, I still have a couple of shirts from when I like moderated uh, Markiplier's live stream. What? Oh, wow. Years ago, oh yeah. Gosh. It doesn't fit me anymore. I got big. Um, hang it up. But yeah, hang it up in a, in a frame somewhere. Yep. Maybe. Right. <laughs> But that's crazy, yeah. Yeah. What a start. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So uh, I, I hated doing the ride-alongs, and as as interesting as it was, because, mm -hmm. and I still do love watching cops and like oh, yeah. as, as bad as shows as those are, I guess. Right. Guilty current, pleasure shows. In the current yeah. culture. Yeah. Um, I do think those are important shows to kind of understand a uh, different side of how police interactions are. Right. But I'll digress from that. Uh I, I switched from that to my parents' dismay after two years of a criminal justice degree into uh, starting out as a media major in broadcast. So that's a big jump. It was a yeah. huge jump, and uh, there was there was a lot of uh, support, and there was a lot of what the fucks being thrown yeah. my way at the time. Right. But uh, at the end of the day, I just decided I wanted to do something I wanted to do. Yeah, I, I gotta didn't stay wanna, true to yourself. Exactly. I didn't want to be this grizzled ass fucking dude, this detective at 30 years old, just right. not wanting to do anything with life or get some shitty desk job for Homeland yeah, Security. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so I quit uh, that degree and I went into media and then I started working on uh, this heroin documentary uh, and wow. it was I was interviewing uh, some of the police. I was interviewing like the mayor of Akron at the time. Uh, I've, I interviewed like ten to fifteen different uh, past and current at the time uh, addicts. Wow! Oh, and wow. Uh, we we were able to get that screened uh, around the local school, but it didn't really get too much farther than that, which uh, which is fine uh, because back then it wasn't the quality that I currently produce now. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, way sure. back in yeah, the way, day. Way back so, in yeah, the day. But still, first what, project, a cool, yeah. what a cool idea that you were immediately able to combine your old interests with, yeah. you know, and, mm -hmm. and with your new interest in filmmaking. Yeah, I was just and kind of making a difference yeah. in that way. Right. Yeah, it was like you were coming at it from like a different angle. Like yeah, the other side. for sure, for sure. I, just, I wanted to tell that story. And then uh, because of that, I ended up getting my first gig as like a freelancer uh through ztv which was uh the college station that i was a part of yeah uh making content for them and uh my executive producer at the time had told me about this uh this nonprofit called summit county community partnership okay and they're still around and uh they ended up hiring me to do uh 10 opiate like anti-opiate psas with wow. a bunch of different high school students from around uh, the Ohio, uh, Northeast Ohio area, and then they uh, ended up airing those in a bunch of like the Regal cinemas. Oh wow, that's <laughs> crazy! State, which was super funny because I, I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was there watching some really dumb movie in yeah. the theater, and one then day. it just appears. Yeah, it just oh, appears. Man. I'm like, that wait looks a minute, familiar. I made that. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is got to so feel cool. surreal. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was super <laughs> surreal. I'm like, huh. 
this is this is awesome. So that was my first like that was my first iteration of me seeing any of my content on the big screen. I'm and like, in a regal. And in a regal, awesome. yeah, yeah, which was super <laughs> cool. And uh, after that, I just was uh, producing content for that TV station, and then uh, we parted ways uh, after things, and then uh, I've just been doing freelance ever since. And that's where you met. When you were doing ZTV, that's kind yes. of where you met your main your main posse. Yes, you yep, one hundred percent. Big shout outs to Matt Barnhart and Gerald Zellers, the boys, My, the boys for sure, the dream team. Yeah, that's what we call ourselves is uh, as hokey as it is, uh, but oh, but it's beautiful, it, dude. We <laughs> we nail it. And I love seeing you guys work together. Yeah. It's a great time. We try and like we try to have this set culture where we get shit done, but we're not gonna. We're not going to sit here and be like complete assholes. To yeah. you. We're not going to make right. it an unfun time. You know, we, right. we're here to get work done, but at the same time, we're here to also. It, yeah, it's all your passion. Yeah, you know? exactly. And we're, we're all here to have a great time and make good content. Yeah, exactly. Way. It's a good collaborative experience. For sure. From every time I've been on set with you guys. It's always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's not um, very, it's not high pressure, you know. Yeah. But you're still producing that good content right that, yeah exactly. that you strive for you know exactly. yeah i worked with them uh when we did for a day of don't shoot or not for a day of uh the pseudo contract or the pseudo contract oh, yeah, yeah yeah that's right and i did get, I mean, and, and i did work with matt on weight as well yeah andrew oh, cool. andrew got some great shots in the pseudo contract yeah oh, shots. For sure, but yeah no for sure. that was my first time meeting gerald uh, yeah. I had already met Matt, but mm-hmm. what a king! Yeah, no, I yeah. loved I love Gerald, and, yeah. and Matt's awesome too. <laughs> oh yeah, they're for both sure. super cool. For sure, <laughs> Gerald, uh, I'm super happy we're able to kind of get him out more because he was uh, he's super chill, super chill, super very down to earth dude. Mm-hmm. He's uh, if you have any like script ideas, mm-hmm. uh, he's the best person to bounce off ideas. Oh from. yeah, he's I let him read just my current so script. awesome with things, and Matt is literally the only reason I'm like doing anything today because <laughs> he, yes. like, he pushes you <laughs> yeah he pushes me super hard which is great because you know we we need that assistant director we need that director and producer in our lives to yes. kind of push us forward and keep us on time yeah that's like that's a big thing is we try not to like waste too much time uh with like setting things up or like in between shots right uh and he's able to kind of like really keep us going the entire time oh for sure yeah yeah i mean every just as a as a team you guys are always on it um matt has so much enthusiasm and passion and love for all the projects that you guys create Mm -hmm. um and gerald brings that sense of i'm here to keep you guys on time yeah for sure thank you but but it's also such a collaborative experience and he's always like when i got to work with him and shoot with him he was always like i trust you um, but it, he would give me suggestions on how the shot could look and just mm-hmm. very supportive director and producer. So always awesome to see you guys. Always great to work with you guys. We appreciate it. It's always good to have, oh, excuse me, as I'm chugging down water. <laughs> it's always good <laughs> to have you hydrate. guys. Yeah, man. So I wanted to ask if if you had anyone that helped to inspire you in the industry. Because I had, I had you, I had Mario. Yeah. Um, to help me along and kind of guide me breaking into it. Did you have yeah. anybody like that that helped you out? Um, when I was first starting out, that's a good question. I, there's no like direct influence that I can think of while I was at the station when I was first starting out. Mm-hmm. Nobody um, that kind of like mentored you or anything like that. 
honestly, I was the one that was kind of mentoring everybody else. <laughs> so like, you came, you came in like that yeah, already. <laughs> it's it's super funny because like when even when I was there, I was teaching a lot of the students at the station how to edit. Okay. Because yeah. nobody knew how to edit, and the courses that were there were very uh, not good. Yeah, very subpar. <laughs> very subpar. Yeah. Um, they're teaching everybody Avid, which is fine. Avid's, Avid's used in the major industry all the time yeah, still. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, as much fun as Avid can be, uh, Premiere is just a little bit easier to teach people. User-friendly. It's very user-friendly. Avid, you can get that way with Avid as well, and you'll be taken a little bit more seriously with Avid. But mm -hmm. at the same time, if you're only teaching Avid and then giving your station only Premiere to yeah. use... Yeah, that's like... Seems a little counterintuitive. It's right. a little bit counterintuitive, and I shouldn't say only Premiere. They they did have a couple of Avid editing stations, but they they weren't very well used. Right. <laughs> that was the whole thing. The dusty ones. Nobody yeah. touches it. <laughs> right. So it's, it was very interesting just kind of being there and trying to catch everybody up on, like, how to do just the most basic things in yeah. a timeline. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you have any, like... um any directors like like big screen directors that really like that really catch me yeah um gosh when i was young i really looked up to uh as cliche as it is fucking i loved kill bill oh yeah I, dude. Dude, <laughs> I loved kill bill uh <laughs> kill bill is fucking yeah badass. It was incredible to, to every degree for, yeah, yeah. for sure and as much as i don't want to be a tarantino fanboy i mean he makes such yeah great <laughs> movies people oh no, yeah sure straight like up. and django and yeah django oh, was like Django's the first so uh tarantino film that like i was able to like yeah. remember seeing and like retaining the information from for and sure. i was just like this movie is insane for sure <laughs> yeah 100 uh, and I really do like uh, Martin Scorsese, of course, because yeah. he's just done a bunch of really good things. I liked it, the mob movies growing up a lot. The mob I would movies always catch them on like AMC, man. right? I know <laughs> for sure. TV Land. Yep. Um, but there's a lot of just directors I don't know, but I just absolutely love their content. One of the things mm -hmm. I watched when I was a kid, just because I was just enamored with. Uh, fucking Jeremy Renner in one of his very first roles and mm. I forget the main dude's name but he's not doing much anymore um, this movie in 2004 called SWAT SWAT yeah, I've heard of it that, never they, saw it the intro sequence for SWAT was like what made me like think to myself as a kid I really want to make a movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wanna, okay. Yeah. And uh, I don't know who directed it, but it uh, has a younger um, Sam L. And it was one of Jeremy Renner's very first, like, good roles that he was cast okay. in. Okay. So seeing, like, a very young Jeremy Renner before, like, all the stardom hit is very interesting. Yeah. To say the least. So that, that was kind of your movie. When you're a kid, you're like, I want to make something yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and Shrek. Shrek, yeah. Dude, I had of a course. profound I love experience. Shrek. Oh, yeah. That's right. Watching uh, Zombieland in theaters for the first time Zombieland when I was, was great, more dude. of a teenager, man. That that beginning oh, yeah. sequence with For Whom the Bell Tolls playing yep, oh yep, yep, over yep. this like, super slow-mo zombies like, tackling people. I was like, dude, I need to make yeah. movies. This is badass. And uh, one other person <laughs> that I can like that I know was a good influence uh, just because of how advanced he was taking things at the time was James Cameron. Yeah. Uh, 
in 2009, I fucking I loved Avatar. Dude, yeah. I mean, yeah, when Avatar was, first came out, I loved that movie. I still love it. Spectrum. And the thing is, that's super funny. Is that back in the day, back then, it took so much time and effort and new technology being developed to create that entire world, and then with them and like tracking it in real time with yeah. the motion capture suits right. and like yeah. like a facial capture it's all the it's all way the behind the scenes footage it's it's like ridiculous. insane yeah. but what's crazy is that for the prosumer right now it took 12 13 years from James Cameron's avatar for the prosumer to be able to somewhat do that now with Unreal Engine. That's wow. crazy. That's how far ahead he was. That is crazy, man. Yeah, I, Avatar was a huge deal coming it out. It really was. Are you um, excited for the new one? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, like uh, even though you, no. it's a movie. It's right. a movie, definitely. I 100 agree with that. It's it is one of the movies ever made. Yes, 100. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to where Avatar had such a cultural impact, and it's just uh -huh. it just waited too long, is what I feel like. It's oh yeah, for sure. That that um, spark has just kind of faded. Almost. I think so too. I I think with that, there's there's also like the kind of resurgence of uh, you know, the whole world's burning and we need to stop it kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, especially, like, through TikTok and, like, all these, you know, kids growing up and they're like, oh, wow, things are real bad right now. Yeah. And so it's it's definitely interesting to see uh, these kids starting to bring that back. So hopefully that part of the audience is what's going to be attending Avatar 2. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. No, I totally see that. So I, I wanted to ask you, like, what kind of projects do you typically work on, and and what are your favorites to get onto? For sure, uh, the typical things that I work on, the typical films, I would say, are a lot of documentary work. Yeah. Um, sometimes for like nonprofits, uh, I do. I also do a lot of commercial work, uh, training videos, uh, but even getting away from the corporate side. Uh, I do a lot of feature films and yeah. short films and try and uh, make things for festivals. Uh, I produce a lot of uh, different indie projects in the area. So for sure, uh, if anybody needs like help with crewing or casting uh, or just equipment or anything in general, usually they'll have me on as a producer to be able to stack those sets. For sure. And that's more or less kind of carried over into the major industry now. Uh, nowadays, when bigger productions start kind of coming through, uh, people, UPMs and uh, yeah. ADs will have me on dial because they know I can stack the sets with people that actually know what the fuck they're doing. Which is so <laughs> cool. So cool that you've Which gotten is, yourself to that position. That it's, you're helping yeah. other people out too, man. Oh, for it's sure. Awesome. For sure. And that's one of the big things is like we got to, we want to make sure Cleveland and Cleewood is like a thing. Right. We got to make sure we have good people out here doing making good content right showing up for sure getting that, showing up the good work yeah definitely 100%. show up please <laughs> please, please just yeah. show up <laughs> you're halfway there already oh, you yeah. just show up 100 percent. so uh when you are in a in a um film crew what is your favorite position you wear many many hats i do so i'm curious like what my what do you position. love doing? Like, what is your, what's the most exciting for you? So I do love directing still. I love being the director and I love DPing. I yeah. love being camera hands on and like just getting those shots out of my head. 
kind oh, yeah. of thing for sure. Putting them into reality. Yeah, making them in reality and like figuring out just like how to even accomplish some yeah. of these shots, especially on a lower budget with a lot of the things that are indie around here. Right. It's hard to make a very good impression with a low budget, but you know, we try and continuously bust that myth. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, and I think we did successfully. Oh, a hundred percent. And uh you know, as much as I do love directing though, it is really nice just being a producer. Yeah. And yeah. Being able to sit back and like see watch how, it all unfold. Watching it all unfold, seeing how other people work, being able to kind of gently suggest different mm. things in order to kind of right. push things forward. But at the same time it's it's definitely nice being able to step back, uh, especially on other people's projects, just to see how they're working and how uh, you can always learn a thing or two. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's another thing is like I I don't stop learning on on sets, on big sets, on small sets. It doesn't matter. There's always something to take away. I think that's an integral, like an integral part of filmmaking mm-hmm. and and being the best filmmaker you can be. Yeah, because constantly you're just, never going to know everything, yeah. and, and everything is advancing right. so fast. Mm-hmm. Take a lesson from everything you work on. That's what I try right. to do. So, and I'll be the first to tell you all the shit that I've ever done isn't the best. <laughs> oh yeah, I've, I we've we've all had our stinkers, and right. it's, that's just what it is. But the, the important thing is to just be able to grow from you know what you experience on that set, how it's going to improve on the next time around, and not just being stagnant. Right. Yeah. So, so what kind of uh, projects are you working on right now? Like, what what does your company have in the works? So, in the works currently, uh, we have three documentaries. Uh, one of them is called Eight Weeks to Launch, and that's about this tech startup um, that's gaining investors that are uh, trying to make this app come into reality. And we have uh, it's it's like a eight week kind of episodic thing okay. that we're making as gotcha. we're getting closer to launch. And uh, we have people from all around the world working on this app. We have people wow. from uh, the Ukraine that are uh, literally on generators trying to code this app. That's insane. Right now. <laughs> right? That's and, crazy. Uh, I can't even imagine. We're, we're having, I'm recording phone meetings with these guys, and uh, we've uh, been talking with a bunch of the other investors. One of them's from the Cleveland Racket Club, so we're, we've been going over that way. And, gotcha. Uh, going to uh, our, our friend Mike Bruckman, uh, who I worked with, on uh, another documentary last year called Coalesce, which was just another beautiful time. Um, we've been working with him on this current eight weeks to launch project. And yeah. if anybody can bring anything into reality, it's this dude. Wow, <laughs> he's okay. Like, he's like, you know, I can network people. Like, Mike is the man. He's the man. He's the man. He's at the top. <laughs> he's, he knows how to get anything wow just, he say the word and it appears it's so yeah. crazy it was like i got it on camera it's <laughs> like even like we were working on coalesce and the whole like premise of that was it's 2020 it's the middle of the pandemic and yeah. everybody's been trapped in their house at that point for like six seven eight months yeah. right and uh we ended up having this huge uh masquerade festival uh at his estate uh, in Breton Hall. Okay. And the the city of Breton Hall wanted to shut it down and there was like oh, wow. there was like a huge like community thing about it. But wow. at the end of the day we were able to do it because it was technically a wedding. Hey. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. There was a wedding at this event. 
Uh, That's crazy. Super crazy. Uh, but there's it was this huge costume party. It was uh, awesome. different stations set up around the estate with um with like fire jugglers oh, wow. and like trapeze artists and wow. uh band singers and like they had like these stilt walking dudes and comedians and oh mad magicians. That is insane. It was it was insane. It was absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, we interviewed a bunch of really crazy characters, and it's it's a great it's a great uh, documentary. If you ever have an hour and thirty eight minutes, yeah, is <laughs> it available spare. anywhere to watch? Uh, it's on Tubi. Tubi. Yay! Thanks, hey. Tubi. <laughs> Shout out to Tubi. Shout right. out to Tubi. Uh, it's on Tubi, you know, as well as like Redbox and a couple other things. But also, okay. Like at some point, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. All yeah. Right. Um, I I forgot what we were talking about, honestly. So you've got. Eight, oh, that's right. Eight days to launch? Uh, eight weeks. Eight weeks to, eight launch. Weeks to yes. launch. Right, right, right. So uh, we have eight weeks to launch, and besides working on that with Mike Bruckman, uh, we're also working on uh, a documentary uh, for the Cleveland Metro School System. Uh, it's about the Underground Railroad uh, traveling through Ohio, and it's wow. uh, it's really about the kids' experience uh, as they're walking through these mu- museums and interviewing uh, these different people that upkeep the history okay. uh, yeah. that are within these uh, historical places. Um, trying to show the impact that yeah, it has on the Try kids. to show the impact it has on the kids, uh, especially like with um, with them being more so inner city school kids. Right. A lot of the interactions they've had with uh, white people in general have just been very one-sided. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. It, it even extends out into like the school system itself, with some white teachers not being allowed to teach at some schools because of the repercussions mm-hmm. of the local kids. And one oh, of the wow. things uh, that they were trying to instill with at least the first doc shoot that we did um, was that not all white people were bad. There's <laughs> a lot of them that were setting up this underground railroad so that way we can. Yeah. You know, bring slaves to Canada and to to safety. You yeah. know, wow. to preserve these generations. And um, I think it's I think it's a good idea to be able to get these kids to kind of realize the extent right. of how it all went down. Who had to help at yeah. that time in order to uh, in order to bring forth future generations. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. really cool. Yeah. Man. and it's uh, what a great experience to just go and, and learn about the stuff yourself 100%, too. A hundred percent. We went to uh, we went to a small town called Flushing, Ohio. Flushing, Ohio. It's, it's in the middle, like kind of eastern part, like very eastern part of uh, Ohio. And it's it's way out in the country. Uh, you could count on your hand how many residents were there. It's a very, oh, small, very small town. That's crazy. Um, but they have a historical house. Uh, I think it's called the ha- ha- Holloway. Yeah, the Holloway House. Gotcha. And uh, it was one of the stops on the Underground Railroad where uh, they were hiding people in the basement underneath steps, yeah, underneath yeah. the wow. barns, things like that. And you can actually go and like see and you can, yep, where they were. That's yep. so crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are those places are insane. It's those it's like historical ridiculous. houses. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane how honestly not so long ago yeah, <laughs> things right. were. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but even besides the underground railroad thing, I'm also working on uh, this documentary. Uh, one I'm I'm currently also living uh, for the listeners at home uh, on an island called St. Kitts. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> you went from uh, Cleveland to, to, to out to the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. He is an island boy. That was crazy. Yeah, I, uh, I came I came back for some work, and uh, it's been great being here. But I do have some work on the island that I've been doing as well. Which uh, is amazing. Mainly the uh, 
one of the things that I was doing is with the St. Kitts Sea Turtle Monitoring Network. And I ended up going to one of their uh, release uh, events one time uh, a couple months ago just to record it, just kind of say hi, get right. out my card, seat it a little bit, and brought the black magic down. Yeah, the black, beach. brought the black magic <laughs> and interviewed some people, and they absolutely loved it. So uh, they ended up hiring me uh, to film this thing that Disney approached them for. That is nuts, uh, dude. The, one of them won. Welcome to the machine. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so after signing four pages of Disney crap saying I won't defame them. You're part of Mickey's Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> But uh, they ended up hiring me to do this uh, this events kind of uh, piece where they're one of the cons- conservation people that are there. Uh, his name's Theo. Yeah, he's in his uh, lower eighties right now, and he's been patrolling the beaches day and night for the last forty some plus years. Jeez! Uh, shout out to Theo for sure. Theo's King. the man. Uh, he actually, so he patrols the beaches every day and night, uh, conserving different, uh, sea turtle nests, things like that. Uh, he puts out these eggs, these fake eggs on top of the nest. So that way, if like a local, like a monkey or a local straight dog, it'll take, it'll take the fake. Right. Exactly. This dude is just Tommy in 40 years. (laughs) We have a friend who uh, is like super nature inclined. Oh, cool. Except he does it in like forests. Yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Goes and like plants, plant, like to try to like restore stuff in the area. That's cool. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Shout out to Theo. Oh, yeah. Theo's the man. Um, So besides just, uh, besides patrolling these beaches, I should say, uh, he used to be a sea turtle fisherman. Okay. And uh, he used to, because on the island, you know, you, you make most or you get most of your food from fishing yeah, yeah. Uh, or from like local markets or from crops that they're growing on the island. Wow. And uh, he was a fisherman in his in his younger days. Uh, he ended up helping out the sea turtle monitoring network uh, trying to track a certain uh, turtle that was in the region that they were trying to find. And yeah. uh, with Theo's help, uh, they were able to track it down and tag it. And then a couple of days later they uh, find on the GPS tracker that the sea turtle has made it from the Caribbean over to the western part of Africa. What? In just a couple of days. And ever since then, Theo just completely switched his tune. He's like, I need to protect these beautiful beasts. Oh, and, my God. Uh, he's He's been an absolute inspiration to a lot of the people on the island. That's so cool, And man. because of this, he won this uh, Disney International Conservation Award. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so they're going to have this, like, event that they're hosting for him on the island with, like, a bunch of his old coworkers, and I'm uh, making a video for them to oh, nice. air at this uh, event. That's uh, nuts. And it's it was a lot of interviewing uh, his old co-workers and people that worked at this nonprofit, as well as friends that are on the island right uh and it's it all uh it's all of them just talking about great times that they had with them yeah. how they inspired them nice little love letter to yeah, him yeah for sure especially since he's he's getting up there and he right he can't do this forever as, oh, as yeah. strong as this man is uh he's gonna resilient do it. to be doing he's it in his absolutely low resilient, 80s 100 percent sure. uh so it's definitely a good love letter to him on uh I guess some of his final walks. Yeah, he definitely yeah, deserves it, man. He I mean, definitely that's so deserves cool. it. If anybody in the world deserves it, it's absolutely Theo. Absolutely, man. I mean, 
I only uh, have one more question for you here. Right? Yeah. Some of the one of the most important questions, I think. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for anyone looking to break into the film scene? How how can someone get started? I know we talked a little bit about this in the beginning, but I just want to get your mm-hmm. your final thoughts on that for anybody yeah, listening. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot to be said about it, honestly. Uh, but to kind of generalize it, there's there's a good analogy uh, that one of my uh, business friends has told me. Uh, there's there's usually three doors to a situation. There's three doors into anything. The first one is you're born with the key to this door. The second one is you know somebody that can get you through the door. Or there's a third fucking door somewhere around this building you can fucking just kind of make your own way into. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And yeah. that's like, and that's, I, I'm a very big proponent of finding that fucking third door. Yeah. I, I'm a big proponent of making your art and playing your part in this industry. And at the end, you don't want to be following somebody else's footsteps because what might work for them might not work for you. Exactly. Uh, And it's good to see how these directors and these uh, producers and these actors get into the industry and see where they came from because they can give you an idea of how to find this third door. So I guess to summarize for just people trying to get into the industry, make your own way. Don't don't worry about what Johnny fucking director down the streets trying to put out. Right. Put out the content you want to yeah, put out. Yeah, be true to yourself. Be true to yourself because <laughs> at the end of the day, there's not enough of that in this industry. A lot of people sell out super super easily. Yeah. And uh there's there's nothing wrong with selling out, you know. Right. You got a family, you got to pay bills, yeah. 100%. Um but Generally, I see people going farther, creating their own... Doing what they like. Exactly. They're creating their own way through. Making they're, the stories they want to tell. Right. And they're, it's, they're even going beyond just the filmmaking aspect. That's another thing I should try and empath onto anybody listening, trying to get into it. Uh, not just find your own path, but find multiple paths. Because you can make a movie and you can submit it to a festival and try and get a festival run, do that, and... That's that's one of the ways, but right. you know, there's crowdfunding, there's TikTok, there's fucking there's social media that you can utilize to help you gain that audience. So that way, it's easier for you hold. to yeah. yeah get that foothold. And, and now more than ever, we have so so much access to those avenues. hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's it's it's a double edged sword because it's super easy to get into, but because so many of your people are getting into it, it's you have to push yourself. There's a lot you have of, to try to stand yeah, out. Uh, in the words of Slug from Atmosphere, there's a lot of words, but no one's getting heard. Uh, for sure, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. You got to make sure you're not caught in in, in the noise of yeah, it all. You for know, for sure. I mean? But I mean, at the end Cut of the day, the just make make your art, and uh, there's there's multiple ways to get what you want to achieve. And even one of the things that we're, that Matt and Gerald and I have been thinking of, we're trying to uh, think of different ways to involve the audience with the movie watching experience itself. Wow. And uh, thinking of different festival ideas, because at the moment, festivals are just very archaic at yeah. this point. Yeah. It's, it's, honestly, it's a giant money grab. Yeah. It's, it's real, real bad. Um, but we're currently talking with... Um, some investors and some media lawyers to 
try and break the mold of the That's archaic kind of festival yeah. uh, and put more money in the pockets of the people that are actually fucking making this content. That's, <laughs> the sounds people, like a dream the people that actually deserve it. And one of the, like one of my big stories that uh, that I used to tell uh, investors about this festival uh, that we're kind of contemplating. So we won the 2019 best of for the 48 film festival. Right. And because of that, that sent us out to the Netherlands. They uh, took us out to uh, Amsterdam and Rotterdam and we had an incredible time mingling what an experience, with experience. It yeah. was, I, I think about it often. It's one of the best experiences I've ever had in my entire life. I can only imagine. Yeah. It was, we had, uh, we, we spent a couple of days in Amsterdam and uh, with one of our, Producers at the time, uh, R.I.P. Our boy Danny Bass, um, a local legend, man. Yeah, yeah. local legend for peace. sure, for sure. Uh, but we we were able to party with him uh, in Amsterdam and Rotter and Rotterdam, and we get to Rotterdam for the actual festival itself, and they rented out these huge venues for these theaters, like they look like small stadiums oh, wow. in Rotterdam, and they have. Hundreds and hundreds of people coming from all over the world, from China, from Brazil, coming from to see your Canada, film. from fucking Columbus. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we ran into some people in Col- from Columbus. <laughs> That's insane, man. <laughs> That's crazy. And uh, to go that far out and meet somebody else from Ohio. Yeah, exactly. It's a small world it's after all. It's such a small world, <laughs> and uh, it's is really interesting. Like listening to these different people's stories. We have friends from all over the world now, just from that one event. Wow. And talk one about of networking. Our, one of our uh, friends that we did talk with, um, I'll I'll omit the name because you know CCP things, mm. uh, but he ended up making a piece of content that he was I guess disappeared for in China, oh, wow. because he was very pro Taiwan and uh, he was very pro like freedom. That's insane. And he made content that the government deemed was anarchist. Yikes. That's have insane. not heard from him in years. Oh my god, yeah. dude. That's insane. And even while we were in Rotterdam, he even told us uh while we were on these yacht parties, yeah, uh just about some of the people that were making content for 48s in his region and some of them have also disappeared. Yeah. Talk about Jesus. making your art no matter what. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's I mean that's insane. Exactly. Man. So it's it's definitely interesting where these people are coming from and you never know who you're gonna meet. Yeah, most definitely, man. Yeah. Um I can't thank you enough for coming on here, man. Oh, for sure. This is fun. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, for dude, it was me. such absolutely. a pleasure to yeah. talk to you and pick great. your brain about stuff. Yeah, yeah great hearing your stories, man. Um <laughs> Join us next time. We're going to have some more guests on. We're going to talk about some more movies. Um, anything you want to plug, Jake? Anything? Uh, don't shoot the piano, man. You can find it on Redbox sometime soon. We're still going through distribution. So, uh, yeah. Beautiful. About uh, Don't Shoot the Piano Man. We also have a couple of uh, different documentaries coming out. Uh, mainly eight weeks to launch. Uh, that'll be coming out in the next couple months. And then a uh, big shout out to uh, our boy Nate, who's making... Uh, in a very heartwarming documentary about one of his uh, friends that inspired him to get into the industry that they're going to be showing uh, at the Akron Civic in August. So, Beautiful. Yeah, so big shout out to him uh, and come out to the Akron Civic. See, uh, see something great. Absolutely. All right, Jake, thanks a lot, man. Of course, brother, anytime. We'll see you guys next time.